Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Isn't worshiping God just a beautiful thing? We get to do this together, and what a great, great morning just to be with you, our church family, and I want to welcome you. I'm John Adams, lead pastor here at The Vine, and I want to welcome you. If you're here in person, thank you for being here. And if you're online, hey, welcome as well as we worship God together. And we're going to be looking at this whole idea of today about prayer and worshiping God through as we praise him, as we intercede, as we give thanks. And so today uh, I'm excited to see that that uh, that prayer is is just a, a vital thing in our lives, and we need this more than ever in our in the state of our nation. Right, all that's going on, we need to be a people of prayer. Uh, and today, as we look at uh, our, our passage from First Timothy, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at just the whole idea this week of praying for our leaders, and next week about honoring our leaders. And, and it's so important in these days to do so. So as we look at, think about praying for our leaders, I just want to give you a little context on this passage here uh, from 1 Timothy. It was really a bad state for Christians. The emperor in that day, his name was Nero. And uh, Nero was really, really a, a bad guy. I mean, he, he, yeah, we all struggle with sin, but this guy was heinous and horrible with his, the way that he hated Christians. He despised Christians. And so he, uh, he was known to do such brutal things as he would tar people, put them on poles, and watch them burn on fire. And it was just awful what this guy would do to Christians. And uh, church history and, and history itself say about Nero that he actually took his capital city, the amazing city of Rome, and lit it on fire and then blamed the Christians so he could just persecute them more. And so this guy was, I mean, a little crazy, a lot crazy. And he would, we would say, that's a horrible leader. And yet, as we come to this passage today, it's really interesting how Paul writes even about the leaders in that day. You know, uh, and by the way, we think we have it bad today, right? And you think about what it was like in that day and what they were going through in, in which Paul was writing this letter to 1 Timothy. So if you have your Bibles, I'd love to journey with you in 1 Timothy chapter 2 or your handhelds and just join us with, with me today as we come to the scripture. We want to see this in context. So this is uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse 1. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Down to verse 5, for there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. This is God's gracious and holy word, and we put ourselves under its authority today and all of our lives. 
And so today as we come to this passage and we see what Paul and, and those people there, Timothy, young pastor at Ephesus, were actually going through, it was really hard. Persecution was going really, really strong and of Christians. And here Paul writes these amazing words that, that to the Christians to actually pray. Whereas the temptation for those believers in that day would be what? It would be to hate them, to be bitter, to kind of plot an overthrow, to do anything but pray for their their leaders. And yet Paul says this very thing. And so today in this passage, we're going to look at this important question. Why pray for our leaders? And the first thing that we see here in verses 1 and 2 is this, is that God calls it calls and commands us all to pray. You see, the the Bible doesn't give us a pass if, you know, we struggle to pray or we're busy or, you know, um, we don't feel equipped in prayer or, or, you know, even we don't want to pray. We don't want to pray for some of our leaders. The, The Bible doesn't give us a hall pass for that, guys. He he calls us to pray. And how are we to pray? Look at verse 1. He says four different words for prayer. You can see them. Supplications, prayer, intercessions, and thanksgivings. He says four different ways because he's saying prayer is rich. And I want you to use every means you have to cry out for our leaders, especially, and for all people. And so supplications, as you know, means like requests. It's asking for something. Uh, Prayer is prayer in general. Intercession is standing in the gap. We say that around the church, standing in the gap. It's it's kind of being that in-between person of before the Lord and really crying out for another person in their life. And thanksgivings is exactly what it says it is. It's giving thanks to God. Now, what's most interesting is Paul says here, we are to give thanksgiving for Kings and all who are in high positions. And that's not easy, is it? Especially if people are in office we really don't care for or don't like or don't fit our political party. And there's two basic problems with praying for our leaders today. And first of all, prayer isn't easy, is it? You know, I'm just give personal example is during this pandemic it's been harder to pray, and just it's tough. It's hard to focus. I don't know what it is. It's the circumstances. I start thinking sometimes about me and what I'm going through, or I start to actually try to ease my pain, and I'm thinking about that ESPN app or something. Or I'm, my mind is wandering more and more during this season, and I'm asking God, please keep me focused. And maybe you've struggled too with prayer. I don't know. Anyone have struggled? It's, it's hard to pray, right? It's hard to stay prayerful, especially, I think, in these difficult, difficult days. And so, secondly, it's hard to pray for government officials. And especially maybe to give thanks for them. But here, Paul is saying, we don't just pray for those whom we support. Look at verse 1 again. It says that prayers be made, these four kinds of prayers, be made for all people. Do you see that? For kings and all who are in high positions. You see, here in verses 1 and 2, Paul inserts that word all twice. Why is he saying that? Because our temptation would be to pray for some, right? Some people that I love. Like, do you guys pray for yourself? 
Probably. Do you pray for your, if you have a family? Yeah, you probably pray for your family. You pray for your friends. You pray for your, your political party to win. But are you praying for all people? All people. <laughs> that God has called all different kinds of people here he's talking about. And then he says, he says, secondly, for kings and all who are in high positions. You know who that is in the context of what, what Paul is writing here? It's Nero. It's Nero. It's the guy who is burning Christians on these stakes. It's got, and yet Paul, in this way, says, pray for, pray for the emperor. Pray for the leaders, even if they are doing even terrible things, like what, what Nero was doing. You see, uh, you know, because I take all people and all, all who are in high positions to mean the people who are hardest for you to pray for. Now, you think about the people you really don't like, especially in government. They're in your mind right now, right? Those are the people you need to pray for. You need to be praying for the people that we don't possibly care for, even though you might be fighting for a different truth and justice. That's right and good as well. But here, Paul is saying we are to pray and to ask God to actually to work in their lives, to know God. Verses 3 and 4 get into that. And, 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 uh, and we do this all through God's work and his power. So why do we pray for them? And here's the bottom line reason is here, guys. It's simple obedience. It's not dutiful obedience, but it's obedience because we, if you're a Christ follower, you've been rescued by a great love, right? A salvation that is beyond what you could ever accomplish. You pray not because you're spiritual or you're better than others or you're more disciplined. No, you pray because you're grateful. You know God and he loves you. That's why we pray. And so here, Paul says, he's talking about that, that we trust God as we pray and we're believing that he's sovereign and in control of all things. Proverbs 16.33 says this. This is remarkable. It says, every decision is from the Lord. How many decisions, church, are from the Lord? Every decision is from the Lord. Can you say that on November 4th? Some of you are going to be challenged. I might be challenged to say that. Is that from the Lord? Yes. Every decision is from the Lord. He's so great in control. He allows, at times, even Nero's to be the emperor. And this is like, this is, I don't understand it all, but this is what God's word says. And so, also Proverbs 21.1 says, The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Another way of saying that is, the emperor, or in our context, the president, or vice president, senate. The Supreme Court justices, those who are in national and local government. God even controls their hearts. He can change their hearts at a moment's notice. Are we praying for that? Our role is to cry out to God and trust him. Every decision is yours. You're in control. But that doesn't mean I just like say to your sovereignty, I'm not going to get involved. No, our goal is to pray for the king and to cry out for his heart. 
or her heart and pray that you would save and, and, and change their heart to love and know you. So here we see why we pray for our leaders. It's first of all because God commands us to pray for our leaders. But secondly, we also pray for because we are to live peaceful and quiet lives. Look, look with me for a moment at verse number two. It says that we may lead a peaceful, quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Now, what does this mean? You know, you could think this means the government should just leave me alone, right? And don't bother me. And there's part of that that is actually true. If you were, if you were in Paul's day under Nero, you would probably be praying that to some degree because you don't want to be persecuted, you want to live a peaceful and quiet life. But there's more to that than, than that. Uh, the second half of verse 2 gives us more understanding our motive to pray for a peaceful, quiet life. Look at it. It says, because we are to be both godly and dignified. Now, now what is godly? Godly is really to be God-centered in every area of your life. So it's in your thinking, your desires of your heart in your actions, that we would be God-centered people. It's not like this kind of super spiritual monk or priestess. It's like this person that comes humbly before the Lord and constantly says, Lord, I humble myself in your presence. You are God and I am not. I want to be God-centered more and more and more. And, and everything around us kind of drives us not to be to be man-centered, to be self-centered, to be even America-centered at times. But it's to be Christ-centered and God-centered is where we should be, and, 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 and to be dignified in every way. Um, this word dignified can be translated with respect. So what does that look like to have respect for your governmental leaders? So just to give you a little, just a quick lesson of church history, after Paul and Nero, in that season, there were Roman Caesars that got worse and worse and worse. Persecution grew all the way to the time of Constantine, where he kind of like takes and, and makes Christianity the state religion. But until then, Christianity was the minority persecuted minority. And, and so the emperors got worse and worse and worse. And a guy named Tertullian, in the end of the second century... He wrote this about how he prayed for his leaders. So this just gives us an uh, insight to how we should pray. Tertullian pride, this was an example of one of his prayers. It says this is a li- for, for how he prayed for the emperor. He says, first, for um, long life. Second, for secure dominions or ruler, you know, the way he ru- would rule. Third, for a safe home. Fourth, for a faithful senate. Fifth, for a righteous people. And sixth, for a peaceful world. Guys, look at this. This guy's praying for a safe home for the emperor who is probably killing Christians. When Christians are not safe, we're still to pray for the safety of the emperor. Isn't that wild? I mean, that, how can you do that? How can you pray and, 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 and obey God's word in a way that honors him and, and, and follows him? This is like, this, this really is hard. In fact, it's impossible to do. 
But this kind of praying that Tertullian prayed was, it seems to be both godly and dignified. So I want to ask you guys a question. If you're a Christ follower, are you praying in a God-centered, respectful way for your leaders? Are you? I mean, not just some of your leaders, all, all, all of our leaders. Are you praying that way? Would that change the church if we began to cry out in this way for the leaders God has put into place? And again, we can't do this. We can't do this on our own. It's impossible. We can only do this as we trust our God and his work. That's why we see, we're going to look at verse 5 and 6. Look at it. Verse, verse 5 says, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. You see, we can't and won't pray for our leaders who, on our own, especially those that are not aligned with us. But here Paul reminds Timothy of two important things. Do you see it? He says there's one God. And he says this in the midst of a city and a culture there in the city of Ephesus where Timothy was the pastor, where it was filled with many gods. And it was really chic or cool to have that mindset. It was kind of PC in that day. But Paul is saying, no, there's one God and there's one mediator between God and man, Jesus. And, and here he says Jesus is the man Jesus. And why does he say that just briefly? He says that here because he's not just saying that he's not God. He's fully God. He embraces that over and over and that Jesus is God, fully 100% God. But what he's saying is, He's the perfect man. He is the Adam. Remember back in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they couldn't keep the agreement with God to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they sinned. They fell into sin just like us. But the perfect man came, Jesus. And Jesus fulfilled every commandment and obeyed them perfectly. And so that's why we need Jesus and we have a Jesus to go between us and the Father. And because of Jesus, not just praise, but he died for our sins on the cross. He rose again from the dead. And guys, someday he's coming again soon. And we need to, until that day, say, God, Jesus, we need your help to live in this world. So as, as we uh, trust Jesus, not just to get into heaven, as, as Christ followers who are here or online, but, but to help us to do things we would not ordinarily do on our own. We need his strength and his power to help us to pray for those leaders that God has put in place over us. So, just a question for you is, how are you trusting in Jesus' work to help you pray for our leaders? Are you trusting? Are you trusting in Jesus' work to, to pray for our leaders? And I just have a few thoughts just as we close up here today of how to do that. First of all, you know, we need to realize we all have struggles. It's called sin, Right? Even if you're a Christ follower, you're his, you're his kid. And sometimes uh, 
you know, I find as an American, and, and we live in a great country, and, 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 and I am so thankful for all God has given to us in this country. And we need to be active in things like voting and, and participation in rightly and supporting our, our leaders and righteous leaders, right? And we can, we'll do all that we can do, and we should do that. But then at some point, we need to come to the place and say, God, God, every decision is from the Lord. Even the ones I really don't like, or I think are going to bring this country to a bad place. And the answer, the question is, do we really trust God, we've got to turn and say, God, there are areas in this area that I don't trust you, and I'm going to acknowledge that. And for me, I sort of sometimes can get tired of it all and, and, and just sort of, you know, try to make it through November 3rd, right? But some of you, it's just, it's tearing apart. Or, you know, you become more vocal about it. But what do we need to be doing? We need to say, God, I trust you. I thank you that I'm an American citizen, but more than being an American citizen, if you're a Christ follower, you're a citizen of the heavenly kingdom. That's where you're headed. That's who your God is. That's who you need to trust. And guys, we will not find heaven here on earth, even though we've been given so much in this world, right? We've got so much stuff and and things and There's so much blessing that God has given to us, and we're thankful. I'm very thankful. But this is not heaven. And if you you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, we need to continue to say, God, keep my heart crying out that you will return soon and keep my eyes fixed in a heavenly, God-centered perspective. Secondly, I'd, I'd encourage you to pray for our leaders in a regular way. Here's what I'm going to do. Um, on Thursdays, Thursday is, is first Thursday of, the, of, of May is the National Day of Prayer. I'm going to begin to pray for our national leaders on Thursdays um, in a regular way. And I'm going to begin with the leaders I really don't like, or I really don't agree with as much, or I think really have horrible policies. And again, I think the struggle for some of us is, is you know, whether you're, a, you're a, a donkey or an elephant, there's a struggle on both sides. There's no perfect agenda. So we, maybe we all struggle, but we want righteousness to prevail, Lord, in our nation. We want to pray. I want to pray and begin with the people rather than me getting cynical, frustrated, angry, Bitter. I want to ask God to help me to love my enemies, to pray for those I wouldn't normally pray for, to say, God, would you cause me to pray for those people that are really, really hard for me to cry out for? So maybe, you know, if Thursday works for you, great. Join me Thursday mornings. And we'll pray together for both our national and local leaders. And really cry out to God for them. And, and, and then uh, also, uh, uh, Election Eve, there's going to be a national prayer meeting. It's going to be on Facebook uh, yeah, on 
um, at the one cry at onecry.com. Um, I'd encourage you to write that down. Um, I'm, I'm hoping and with Lizanne to from seven to 10 to dive in and join that prayer meeting and pray during those, those three hours for our country. And here's why I'm, I'm joining that is because I can get nervous, fearful, frustrated. I can get anxious too. And I want to cry out and say, God, I trust you. God, you are Lord. God, this is your, God, we just pray you'd work in this country. God, would you be powerfully involved in these elections? And so together, let's join together. Let's pray. Let's cry out to God. Uh, God, God calls us to this. How will you enter in to just take that next step wherever you are in your spiritual journey? Maybe you're new in your faith and this is hard to do. Start out in, in a simple way um, and just begin for five minutes, maybe a day or uh, throughout this next week and especially up to the elections, five minutes a day would be a great way to start. And, and together in your life groups, I pray that we're teaching people how to, and we, how to grow and, and, and in prayer and how do we pray for our leaders in the right way, in a biblical way. It's still standing for truth and everything that it has to say in the word of God. So today... We pray to, and are commanded to live quiet and peaceful, peaceful lives, trusting in Christ's work. We, we're going to sing in just a moment this song. It's called Enough. And it says, Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me. With, you know, and, and it has these um, really good words of a guy who, who grew up in an affluent community and had all these benefits. And he talks about this song enough. And he says that, that, that what his struggle was, maybe, do I trust God? I got a lot of, you know, family has a lot of money, nice house, nice cars, nice clothes, you know, nice everything. But what if that was all taken away? Would I trust you, Lord, that that would be enough? I'm asking myself, would I trust you, Lord? Are you enough? And so as we sing this, let's sing this as a prayer for us and for the church with all of our hearts that Jesus would be enough. It's so easy to say these words, but are we trusting him through this, this hard season of our country? May God be praised. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that why we pray is you command us and you want us to live a peaceful, quiet life. You want us to be centered in you and to trust you. Father, we pray in Jesus' name you'd break us of where we struggle with our sin to do so. God, help us to be a people who humble themselves in your presence and say, Lord, you are enough. If everything was gone, Lord, we would say, you are God and we trust you. Lord, help us to be that kind of people. Lord, so often we, we probably think, would I be that kind of person? God, we need your help. Holy Spirit, take your word and apply it to our hearts. Make Jesus 
so central in our lives and God the Father so close and powerful that we would say, God, we'll trust you in all times. And we'll learn to pray. We'll grow in this. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. And we lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand together with me? Will you sing with all your hearts? Will you cry that out as a prayer? Jesus, you are enough for me. I'm not what I make, I'm who you have made me to be. I'm not what I've done, I'm loved unconditionally. I'm not loved by the measure of love that I bring. I'm not who I know, I'm known by King of all kings. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me. With that, I still have ever.
Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.